You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 3800 Marlton Pike, Pensacon, New Jersey. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.net. Much of what influences us, in fact, does its work upon our consciousnesses without our knowledge. We, we assume things about ourselves, about the world, about God, and they ring true only in their quiet repetition whispered in the dark. When we shine a light on them, they don't seem so true, but they are attractive to our hearts somehow. They, they keep sneaking their way into what we seem to believe. So we need to keep shining the light. Uh, you've heard this one, right? We're saying these are the things that Jesus never said. God helps those who help themselves. That sounds like it's in the Bible. Uh, it sounds nice. I, I, mean, I know that you've heard it a ton. You can buy a, a shirt, a pillow, a poster, a uh, cross-stitch. We like it. We. You know, you might not like it, but, but we like it. It, it. it rings true to us in some way. It fits in with the, the American idea that everyone can help themselves. And it's really better if they do. So I better not interfere. I better keep helping myself because if I don't, I might not get all the helpings that I want. And, and why would I rob someone else of the opportunity to be self-empowered? How can they help themselves if I help them? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm being a little mocky, but even as I say that, I'm like, nah, maybe that's true in some ways. It sounds... I don't know, I was going to say it sounds ridiculous, but I don't think it does. But it does reveal this kind of canyon of assumption about the nature of humanity and our responsibility to one another and our relationship to God. When it's whispered in the dark, it moves us uh, to keep helping ourselves and maybe ignore opportunities to help others. And, and this thinking could easily shape our whole outlook of the world and God if we're not careful. That's the thing, it starts to shape who we think God is, not just like what we're supposed to do, but it starts to say, well, that must be who God is. God helps those who help themselves, has me thinking that God is waiting to see if I can fix myself before taking action. It has me thinking that I I need to figure it out on my own, find the right technique, learn a new practice, memorize the right verse, make my own future, plan my own destiny. It has me thinking God is a nice idea, for when everything goes sideways, but most of the time I'm on my own. I kind of got negative there for a second. Making my own future sounds kind of nice. A concrete solution to my problem sounds nice. I want to be able to learn my way out of my difficulties. Whatever mess you find yourself in, if your marriage is hurting, if your kids are misbehaving, if your friendship seems unfulfilling, if your sadness keeps returning and your loneliness just won't go away, If there were just a verifiable path out of all of this, you know, please, yes, tell me I can help myself because I can't withstand my life if some of these things continue. And many people tell us that we can. We can do it. Many people sell us the answer to these problems and more. And here's the thing. This is why I don't think it sounds ridiculous completely because a lot of their ideas they actually kind of work. 
How many people do you know who've experienced real transformation through applying some basic self-help techniques? You know, it doesn't work for everybody, but it definitely works for some. I know you know someone that, like, you know, started making their bed. Maybe if you're, if you're still stuck in your problems, it's because you refuse to help yourself. This is where it gets a little negative again. I don't like this, but this is, this is where the, our thoughts go. Or, or maybe because you just keep failing at their tried and true methods. It's you. It's your fault. The method is true. There's a way. And you ought to be able to do it right, but you don't. And so that's why... You have all those problems. Why haven't you done the things? This whisper gets destructive. You're not better because you won't help yourself. It's all your fault that your life is this way. This is terrible, but I know that you have felt this. Personally, I felt it. And it gets even more terrible when you put those words in God's mouth. What if God is saying that I need to help myself? What if God is saying that I'm all alone? What if God is saying that I'm a failure? The converse is also destructive, though. When you have, indeed, by the grit and determination that resides within you, accomplished quite a lot. When you look at your life and, and see how far you've come and imagine yourself alone in your triumph. God helps those who help themselves. Your achievement could mean that, that God is blessing your power to, to do whatever is necessary to build and maintain your purported blessing. And you see how this works maybe writ large on our culture, kind of describes how we work together as, as, a, as a community. Uh, the rich are rich because they helped themselves. The poor are poor because they did not. Equal opportunity and God presiding over it all dispassionately each one responsible for their own helpings without regard for anyone else if you are the one who has all the helpings maybe god does help those who help themselves but what does that say about god benjamin franklin is responsible for popularizing this phrase uh, he put it in his famous poor richard's almanac and it has very much shaped the, the ethos of American life. But American life does not reflect the Jesus of the New Testament. This is what we're working with. There's a difference between the wisdom of the world and the wisdom of the cross. And though they are um, maybe have some overlaps, they are not the same, and they come from very different places. God, the Father of Jesus Christ, is not leaving us to our own devices and, and checking our work to see if we deserve extra helpings. God, the Father of Jesus Christ, is not endorsing our individualism at the cost of the poor. God, the Father of Jesus Christ, wants us to care for one another, wants us to love one another, wants us to help one another. If, if, you, if we were to describe God, the Father of Jesus Christ, as described in the New Testament, we would do better to say, God helps those who cannot help themselves. Abundant grace is at the center of the gospel, and it, and it ripples out into all these practical matters. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God saw that we couldn't help ourselves, so God did something completely for us. At the heart of the story we have chosen to shape us is this completely unmerited gift of salvation. 
and maybe we can relegate that to some one and done thing that Jesus did way back when, and it doesn't really inform our everyday actions. And then we can believe with Benjamin Franklin that God only helps those who help themselves. I think that's the problem, is that it get, we get, the only sneaks in, you know? It's not there in the original, but we, that's how we start to think about God. God's only going to help me if I do the right thing, if I get it right. We, we, we are attracted to that. I don't know about you, but I want Jesus' act of self-giving love to be more elemental to my daily life. I don't want the philosophical problem of human brokenness to be solved in some kind of historical drama that I guess is important. I want that grace to like be part of my, my life. I want Jesus, the human being, the, the living, resurrected one, to be with me in all I do. I want to say with, with Paul in Galatians 2.20, it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Whatever I do, I want to do it with Christ, as Christ would. Not on my own, not myself alone but together with Christ. Paul makes this this line that we draw between ourselves and God uh, very apparent in his first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 4, verse 7. For who makes you different from anyone else? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? Did anyone ever make themselves? Is there such a thing as a a self-made person? No, but, but, but something is whispering. Wouldn't it be nice if there were? We see that whisper getting into our hearts. We're shining a light on it and turning to Jesus from whom we receive everything and for whom we desire to live. In John 5, there's this story that illustrates what, I, what I'm trying to say. This kind of connection between our helping, and God helping. Jesus doesn't just tell us that we're bad for wanting that sense of agency. That whisper has some truth to it. But it can't be too loud. It can't, it can't shape us completely. Uh, Jesus sees us in our condition as we really are, not as we see ourselves, and gives us what we need, not always what we want. Even before he died, he came to us and and gives us what, what we, we need. He came to us in our, in our stuckness, in our own ideas. While we were still listening to dark whispers that we didn't really believe, Christ came to us, reached into our life. While we were yet helping ourselves to all that we could grasp with our tiny hands, Christ comes to us. While we were yet sinner, sinners, Christ died for us and made a way for us. His death and resurrection is the fullness of his life, which began, and he began to show to the world long before his state execution. So let's read this story from John 5, 1 through 9. Would someone read that out loud for us? several sick people lying. They were blind, lame, and paralyzed. 
There was a man who had been there in the same sick state for 38 years. Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been there a long time already. Do you want to get well? He asked him. Well, sir, the sick man replied, I don't have anyone to put me into the pool when the water gets stirred up. While I'm on my way there, someone else gets put down before me. Get up, said Jesus. Pick up your mattress and walk. At once, the man was healed. He picked up his mattress and walked. Take that in for a second. Here's what I see. The technique that the man had learned was that he needed to get himself into the pool. And for 38 years, he had been failing at this technique. Applying our worldly wisdom to the man, we might say, he didn't help himself, so he wasn't healed. Or he didn't develop enough social capital to have friends that would help him get healed. Can you imagine the feeling of being stuck there for 38 years? Inhabit this man's stuckness with your own sense of being stuck, whatever it might be right now. Be there with him for a moment. Can you make the connection? The longing, the frustration, the cursing, the despair. Jesus comes to you right there. The man does not call out to Jesus. Jesus comes to the man and asks straight away, do you want to get well? Now, the man doesn't know who Jesus is, and, and we find that out later in the chapter. He talks to the priests, and they don't, he doesn't know his name. Jesus comes right into your isolation. Jesus comes into your trying so hard. He comes into your illness and invites you into his wellness. The man has an idea of how that will happen. He has a plan. He's not looking for Jesus' help. He says, well, sir, the sick man replied, I don't have anyone to put me into the pool where the water gets stirred up. While I'm on my way there, someone else gets down before me. I, I, I can't help myself. Jesus replies with help. Get up. Pick up your mattress and walk. And at once... The man was healed. He picked up his mattress and walked. Jesus enters into this man's situation and empowers him to step into his healing. It's not a lightning bolt. The man does participate. Stand up and walk. But the man does not and cannot act alone. He is helping himself to the help that is being given him. He is receiving and acting in, in one act of rising up and obeying Jesus. And it takes great faith to do that, right? Can you imagine sitting there for 38 years and having some guy you don't know tell you, stand up? Would you even try? Would you know that you're... Could you sit there for another 38 years with strong legs? Not, not even trying? I think it's possible. But the man does stand up. In every human power, which one, does, which one does the commonest things, everything we do, God's power is in it. The, the power is not of us. Our power does it, but we do not make the power. You see that? 
That man is participating in something. He, he's channeling what God is doing. It's not some separation. It's not some transaction. I'm going to do the right thing and I'm going to get the right thing. They're, they're happening together. God is doing through our doing. That's a hard thing. It might be one of the hardest things for humanity to learn. But I think it's what we have to learn today, that we act with God. And God helps those who help themselves. Uh, our response is that we embrace the alternative kind of sense of ourself and action that Jesus offers us. We must recognize that the relationship that is at the center of all human action is happening right now. What did we have that we, we didn't receive? Even our, our, our will to act is given. And, and as we line ourselves up with the relationship with the one who gave us the agency that we have, we learn to trust this dynamic tension uh, of our participation with the will of God, our action within the action of God. We walk into our healing by the power that is given us. We exercise our capacity in, in thanksgiving for what has been given. We see our selfhood as inherently a connected one. We're going to do that this way in a lot of weeks. We're going to do that in a lot of ways this week in our community. Uh, we started the meeting talking about cells and, and, and the interdependence uh, of being the body. It, it's easier to see God working this out, I think, when you actually do it person to person. Now, I, I imagine that man sitting alone for 38 years didn't have much capacity to make that connection. And, and, and us, when we identify with that man stuck there for 38 years, we we recognize our own incapacity to make that connection, our own desire for the whisper to help ourselves. We want that. We really do. And so we, we come together and we look, we look to help one another and we look to receive help. Depending on how you are or who you are, one of those is going to be harder for you. And so connecting in like a cell where the, these relationships are, are, are happening all the time and where needs are being met and voiced and responded to. This, this culture of caring, the, this culture of, hey, you want to get well? Hey, you want to get well? Hey, can we get well? You know, that, that, we're, we're working on this. We want to be. We're making time for this. We showed up. We're here right now. Yes, we want to be well. And, and, and that, that rhythm, that practice makes a difference. As we obey, we, we gain more understanding of the perfect will that guides and directs us. As, as we do the trusting, as we do the helping and receiving of help, as we live the life that Jesus set us up for, it's a different kind of life. It's not the same. It's not the same as the way uh, maybe Benjamin Franklin imagined your life. Jesus imagined your life different than Benjamin Franklin did. Go figure. Jesus imagined your life maybe different than the way you imagine it too. So there's this internal work that gets expressed externally. We create a community around this new way of being, and it does transform us. We can trust it. We can trust that practice. We can trust that rhythm. Uh, as we're making this personal connection with Jesus, as Jesus is actually coming into our darkness and, and asking us person to person, we, we see that happening, expressed. It's, and it's hard not to do it otherwise. It's hard to do it by yourself just in your own personal practice by yourself. The monks that went off in the caves, they did it the hard way, <laughs> and it never worked. 
they always a community always formed around them. The spiritual power had this communal expression. And so we do it that way. And I invite you to do it that way this week to, you know, just go to your cell meeting. Get connected to a cell. Or come back here next week. That's probably good enough. Where you can share your burdens. You can show up and uh, declare your intention to help and be helped. Uh, and to act out of action that is given. I don't know. I'm trying to, trying to get the right words for it. We help each other be helped by the one who has the power to do what we cannot do by ourselves. Amen. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.